Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast with a comic book problem. Shake the shit out of it. It is, but like all the buttons look the same. Like they're all kind of gray. Like I don't know. It's they're just, all maybe buttons. Maybe it's just because I'm in Zoom all fucking no, day it's long. No, it's true. But yeah. I'm like, it's right, it's right there. Well, yeah, but I, it's just one of those things where it's like what I program at work is very colorful and pretty all over the place. And then of course I come here and it's like all the fucking buttons are gray except for green to screen your share or your to share your screen and red for end. And I'm not even drunk. I just sound like an idiot this way because I've been at work too long explaining programming that I've done for I mean, months on end to old men who finally come back to work. In, in classic mode, that was my favorite thing you yeah. said to me today. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted it in classic mode, and I was like, we're talking about real life. We're not talking about program. I was like, yes. this is a video game. I program alternate realities and then have to switch them back to reality reality. Um <laughs> Which actually, the funny thing is, I should state, which I mean will be somewhat apropos for here, is for my own personal amusement, I programmed a heads up panel that says in what state we are of coronavirus and then equates it to what multiverse that we are in. So when we finally get out of full quarantine, it will go back to Earth 616 from the Marvel multiverse. I don't remember which one I'm in, and there's some, some nerd who knows exactly what it is, but there is a reality in which... Civil War in Marvel is lost, and, and Tony Stark dies of the uh, extremist virus, um, and so that's the one that we're currently in. I think it's like 610 or 810 or something like that. Anyway. One of those fun things. Yeah. I, that's the reality I put in there. I did put in the Marvel zombie uh, universe as one of them, just for my own personal amusement. Like, there's, there's weird shit in there. Uh, I, had, I also programmed it to give you a random Avenger for the day. So that's kind of fun. Nice. These are the things I do at work when I should be doing actual work. I program weird shit like that to, to randomly populate on panels at work. Well, so. there's like, what, 14 of you there? So, like, whatever. Uh, we're up to, like, 42 now. Hey. I know. I know. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Uh, we are continuing our month of winter books that all seem to have a film or television show based after them. I thought this was the one that wasn't. And then I went to, uh, I am Beckinsale. Exactly. I did not huh. know that yeah. until this afternoon. So neither did I actually. Yeah. Haven't seen it. Yeah. It's, it's only a couple yeah. years old. It came out in like 2017 or something like that. It looks like, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So this is by Greg Rucka and illustrated by Steve Lieber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who I Rucka's first, comic book by the way oh is it really first one yeah he went from novelist going into the world of comics this was it okay oh because they talked about that a little bit in the um afterward of the first book because steve lieber mentions something to that effect i have a page of his that i got at la comic-con and i bought it mm. because it was the only page i've ever seen from a batman book that was less than 200 bucks so i Ooh. bought it because i was like fuck and they also Hell of a nice guy. Like, super fucking nice guy. Uh, so, if you ever listen to the ep- episode, it was lovely meeting you at LA Comic Con, like, I guess it would have been like two years ago or whenever the fuck that actually happened. I don't cons- know. It's when the like cons two years ago. Helped. Yeah. Yeah. I know, unfortunately, Jason was with me, but he's not here today to so back up and tell me what day it was. But I remember I was also remarkably broke. Uh, and so, going through Comic Con aisles when you're broke sucks because you're like, oh, I want that. 
Ooh, I want that. Ooh, I nope. want that. So nope. pretty much Steve Lieber got my entire budget for that uh, that con. So that's how it goes. But I am not alone in this uh, escapade today in comics. Uh, we have, as we discussed earlier, my hetero life mate, Mr. Todd. Hello, Todd. Hey, hetero life buddy. Hey, I'm buddy. Todd. I'm here in Utah, not California or Denver. Yeah. It's been a long week. I'm glad I'm doing this show, and I don't think I'm drinking enough. Okay. There we go. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, we have my favorite bear since Yogi, Mr. Aww. Adam. Hey, guys. What's up? It's Adam up in Salt Lake City as well. Kind of kind of neighbors to Todd. Kind of not because yep. he's probably 20 minutes away. Something like that. Uh, yeah. Just up here. I'm kind of in the same boat as Todd. Not drinking enough. Been a long week. And... Yeah, just waiting for the weekend because I actually get a weekend off this year or this this week. So you're working for the weekend. I'm working for the week. Well, the weekend comes. Oh, and then hopefully so do I. So yeah. um, that's always the to look forward to. Yeah, when you get home, you're like, no, I'm too tired. Sorry. I had something I was going to lead into the next intro with, <laughs> and then I'm like, no. How do you like this runway, Lena? In this context, no. Not doing it. Not doing it. I'm keeping it to myself. Uh, so I'm going to say my platonic life mate. We have Lena. Hi, Lena. Hi. <laughs> I'm in Denver. Yeah. And I've decided that this evening I'm getting high. After Yay! Hey! Because I have had not a good week so yeah. far. Um, but hi, everybody. I'm Elena. I am an event manager, soon to be event sales person out Trader. of the Denver, Colorado area. Shut up, Brian. And, <laughs> <laughs> and yes, it seems to be one of those weeks. And yet it's not a full moon, which is a little scary because usually it's during this full moon that everybody goes a little nuts and <clears throat> people aren't following directions. But we may be in. Uh, is Mercury in retrograde? I feel like that might be. I don't know. Because I was driving back from uh, Phoenix the other day, and it was like five o'clock in the morning. I'm at a gas station. Some homeless guy's telling me some crazy story about someone trying to run him over. And I was like, I got nothing, mm -hmm. man. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's full moon. Maybe it's something. Like, it was just the world is nuts. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how it goes. So. Um, and hey, I'm Brian. I'm a grad student at the University of Denver, although I have not been to Denver in years um actually I, yeah it's been a long time since i've been to denver um but uh i have to have half of my thesis written this week i know i missed your birthday i know i missed hanging out with christopher i'm sorry lana i am i really am you should be i am you should I be am. very sorry i am but we had a ton of fun well you know if you get me a job working with you we'll go hang out and do stuff all the time so you know i'm just saying i want you to work half as hard as ian did to get me that other gig that's all i'm saying yeah. Excited. What I want to know is why do you want to move near your platonic life mate instead of your hetero life mate? <laughs> I'm feeling desk. I um, live in a better city. Let's hetero life mate where you live. <laughs> you are the only. You and Adam are the only good things about living there. That's Aww. I will say that. So. So what I hear is I have a chance. Oh yeah, there's a chance. There's a well, chance. he never he never said it was. He never said you were his platonic hetero life mate. That's true. It could be a little uh, bit of hanky panky. No, oh, sure I love that. I'm trying to think of like, is the... you're the one who kissed me last? Have you kissed me the time before? 
Yeah. Um, totally going off subject here. Mercury <laughs> is in retrograde. Oh, that explains all of it. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Fantastic. The, we are literally in the thick of it this week. That is why it has been such a shit week. That Mercury really adds up, actually. But I'm really glad this breaks it up. So thanks for being there, peeps. You're welcome. But every time I'm like, everything's shitty. I don't understand what's going on. And Jason used to be like, you're full of shit. And I was like, no, I'm telling you. When you talk to everyone and they're having a really shitty time, look it up. And almost every time, Mercury's in retrograde. I'm just saying. Yeah. And I am officially this many years old when I finally learned what Mercury in retrograde means. So, Mr. Adam... Do you have a cocktail for us this week? Uh, I do. I promised, uh, if they go in order last week, that I was <laughs> going to do uh, the aged eggnog oh, right. recipe. Yes. So okay. if, you, if you do this, it's probably a little bit too close to do it for Christmas, but maybe you could do it for New Year's, because it has to age for at least two weeks in okay. your fridge. Yeah. So, um, so this one, you need uh, 12 large eggs separated, so just the egg yolks, that's all you need, a pound of sugar. A what? pint of half, yeah, a pound of sugar, <laughs> a pint of half and half, a pint of whole milk, a pint of heavy whipping cream, one cup of rum, one cup of cognac, one cup of bourbon. Uh, so what you do is you add the um, egg yolks, uh, some nutmeg, or not, you however you want to do it, and the sugar, and you whip the shit out of it, probably with an electric beater, until it's all nice and yellow and frothy looking. You're going to mix in a separate bowl all the dairy, booze, uh, really, really well. And then you're going to slowly beat in the egg mixture. When you're all done with that, you're going to put it in probably a couple big jars and put it in the back of the fridge where it's not going to get too much light and let it age for about two weeks. And then enjoy to your heart's content. And this is the only eggnog I've ever had that I like. So, Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't... I, I mean, I understand some people like eggnog. Uh, I'm not particularly a fan, but that's how it goes. Well, it's because the stuff you buy in the store has, like, they flavor it with, like, the fake booze flavorings. And that's what I don't like. It just tastes like chemicals. So yeah. this one, though, I made a couple years ago. Honestly, I maybe had two cups because it's really, really rich. But mm-hmm. if you're at home and there's a blizzard outside and you want something that's going to be, you know, holiday flavored and also warm you up and forget about the fact that you're stuck in the middle of a blizzard, this, is, this will get you there pretty fast. In the middle of a blizzard, in a pandemic, in the middle of, you know, all of it. Well, all well we're all copy. celebrating, you know, Trump's re-election, so. Oh, God. I can't. I... <laughs> the fact that Mercury and retrograde's happening in the middle of an election is kind of creeping me out. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, my hippie friends. Uh, so who has uh, drinking game rules for this? I have two, just in case someone steals mine. Uh, Mr. Todd. I'm going to throw you under the bus. Smoking! <laughs> okay. Every time somebody is smoking... Take a drink. You're going to okay. drink more than you think. Okay. <laughs> Lena? Uh, grainy. Uh-huh. Every time the panel goes really grainy because they're uh-huh. in a snowstorm. Ah, okay. Uh, Mr. Adam, we'll take yours, and then if I will have two rules if you haven't taken mine. So I actually made up three rules, and just in case, Todd okay. took one of them. Oh, the other one, <laughs> I did. Yeah, no, that was, I, that was like immediate, like, oh, they're smoking. Plus, I've done that before. This one is... Yeah. Damn, it's cold outside. So every time they mention the temperature, how cold it is, or the damage cold does to a body, or how fast you'll die, take a drink. Okay. Uh, My two are, one is uh, 
get me a fucking pilot because every time they re- mention a pilot, take a drink. Uh, and the other one is let the bodies hit the floor. Every time a body appears, like there's another dead body somewhere else, take a drink. So those are my two. I thought that someone would take those, specifically the pilot one, because that fucking happens all the time. There's yeah. more conversations about pilots in this than like an Air Force comic. Like it's fucking nuts. Well, they needed a pilot. I know. Everybody needs a fucking pilot. Uh, okay, well, no, my, and my other one was uh, damn you a crazy bitch every time they call the main character they're like oh she's crazy she killed someone she's like a hateful lesbian take a drink as well that was my second one I kind of really wanted her to be a hateful lesbian to be honest like and okay so that that's an interesting thing I want to jump in on because that was the first thing I had I for a while when they had the they were doing the flashback and they had the guy she'd arrested and the attempted rape and then she fucking snaps the guy's neck I was like, that's awesome. Like, I, I was afraid it was going to go into one of those classic fridging of women. She has to have a dark backstory, whatever. I thought it was going to be a Joss mm-hmm. Whedon thing. I kind of like the fact that she fucking killed him. Like, and I think he deserved it. And I think it's one of those interesting things where you can have the main character of a story fucking flat out kill someone and you're still right on their side. And I think mm-hmm. that that's actually a rare thing to be able to accomplish in any sort of storytelling. And I think that's pretty interesting, actually. Uh, at least with the way that it was done. So that was one of the things that popped into my head. Uh, but Lena, we'd also sort of discussed, uh, jumping to the end, that uh, mm-hmm. we were a little disappointed in how it finished off. And we kind of were on yeah. the same page on that. So uh, what are your thoughts, Lana? I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked the beginning. Yeah. I liked the characterization. <laughs> I liked how you, like, you really kind of knew who the bad guy was. Yeah. I mean, they didn't hide it at all. But, like, I like, I wanted to see, like, okay, what the hell's going on here? Why are they killing all these fucking people? Mm-hmm. And it came down to fucking gold. I was yeah. like, really? You're talking about uranium and everything? And I was yeah, like, Yeah, the uranium, I'm like, oh, this is going to get fucking yeah, cool. This is gonna be awesome. And yeah. then, like, I came back to greed where they yeah. just didn't want to share the gold. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, come on, man. Really? Yeah. Like you have this British agent involved because of uranium. I'm like, let's go for the uranium. Oh no, it's just greed. Like that's boring. Well, and it just it felt like, and even if it was something cool, where the one thing that did make me think of, um, and it's whatever. I the beginning of Dark Knight, where the Joker had they're doing that whole heist right Uh at the beginning, and every person has a person that they're supposed to kill so that they don't have to share everything. Yeah. That is more interesting than this. This was two people saying yeah. we're just going to start killing everybody off because we don't. And I'm like, I just like I'm not okay with this. This is stupid. well. I will give them it, the hiding the gold in the bodies to get them out was yes. actually kind of cool. Like that was like okay, that's that fucked I'll up, but kind of cool. That would almost be an interesting motive of its own of this guy randomly killing people who have nothing to do with anything. So they think there's a conspiracy and then they're randomly killing people because they need just their fucking bodies. That would have been kind of interesting too. Like that was the only thing is just, they're only useful. Like they have no motive beforehand. They're only useful after they're dead. That's see, I just wrote a great mystery right there. Yeah, no, I just, I, the, the other piece of it too, is that it was like, they, they decided they found out what the mystery was and then it just ended. Yeah. It was like they cleaned everything up, and it was like two pages. And I flipped to the last page, and I was like, "Wait, that's it? Yeah, that's that's this is how they end volume one." Like I don't <laughs> understand. So I, <laughs> I like the book. Like the book is a like 
right towards the end was great. And then you get to the end and it's like, okay, well, this wasn't what I was hoping it was going to yeah. be. This is kind of, a, I feel like such a cop out. And you yeah. just were like, oh, we have to end it. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no. Okay. Yeah. But it also might be the sign of a, of a novelist all of a sudden going, oh shit, I'm limited to this form or something. But I don't know if it was, was it really just published as graphic novels or was it published as comics? Anybody know? I want to say remember. it was individual because the way it's broken yeah. up is into chapters. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that might have been it too. So yeah. Okay. No, the the ending reminded me. Well, two things. One, the mm-hmm. whole like, oh, they're after me, gold. Yeah. It made me think of the movie Cowboys and Aliens because I'd never seen it, and my buddy did, and he's like, yeah, it's really stupid. I'm like, what are the aliens after the gold? He's like, yes. I'm like, okay, that's really that's dumb. And then second of all, I want to know what world these people live in where like 200 pounds of gold is only worth $160,000. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, they, they're finding like 10 pound gold bars and they're worth like, you may as well throw them out the window. Like, yeah. Can I go back to this world and buy all that for $160,000 and then come back here? Because that way when we have the Civil War, I can afford to go somewhere nice. Because this was in 2009. Well, that's okay. when the movie came out. The movie was 2009, so... I looked that up. That was 11 year. years ago. That was, like the, <laughs> that was like at the height of the gold craze, wasn't it? You can't tell like a movie's age by what Kate Beckinsale looks like. She's looked no. the same. So no, even in 2006, the price of gold was $600 an ounce. So right now, according to this, 20 pounds of gold equals $356,421.60. Yeah, it's about 1800 bucks an ounce right now. 1997, 98 was when this book first was published. We were still in high school, Brian. Wow, that's weird and and haunting and terrible. (laughs) Okay, Adam, did you have another thought? Uh, No, I'm kind of with with Relena. It was an interesting story. I I, I love the movie uh, The Thing, so it kind of had that going for it. A little bit, yeah. We got this like, you know, hidden murderer kind of hiding around. And you don't know who it is, even though it's very heavily foreshadowed who it is. Yeah. Uh, and then you got the fun little twist of the guy who was dead, wasn't really dead. And why is his face cut off and his teeth mm-hmm. were knocked out? And I was into that. And then, you know, fighting in the snow, the blizzard, the temperatures, and you know, losing her fingers within the first, you know, 30, 40 pages, however long it was. But yeah, the ending was just it goes the anticlimactic. It was like reading a Dean Koontz novel where at the end he doesn't know where to go. So everyone got dogs and lived happily ever after. <laughs> and I shit you not. That's the end of one of his books. Cause when his dog died, who he loved more than his family, he, he lost it. Yeah. Just the, writing yourself into a corner like that. You know, I, I get the fact that maybe this is someone who's newer to it, but it almost seems, and again, I've not written a comic book, but it almost seems like the, a lot of authors will kind of plan things out, like almost like storyboard it. Mm-hmm. To where they kind of have to know, hey, this is where it's going. Whereas you have an author writing a novel, you know, maybe they get caught in a corner, like, well, what if I do this? And they can write another 200 pages. And then the editor comes in and like clips things away and makes it more, more condensed and readable. When you get into a comic, like, you know, hey, we've got 12 issues or we've got 16, whatever many issues it is. We got to tell the story in that amount of time, unless you know, hey, this is an overarching story and we can have, you know, little one-offs or you know, this story is going to continue in the next eventual collection or the next issue that or, or uh, that is going to. Granted, sometimes a comic just ends and they weren't expecting it. Like, oh shit, it didn't sell as well as we want. Wrap it up in one one book. But Brian, you were saying, isn't there more than one collection? Because you asked us in the group. Chat. Yeah, I have a compendium. So like I have a second version too. There's a second yeah. volume called like Melt. Okay. Uh, it's, it's 
because my I have the compendium and I was like, oh shit, like this is a big fucking book. And then I was like, I'm gonna see if everyone read the whole thing because I kind of actually got busy at work today and get get to read all yeah. of it. So luckily, I only had to read this first story, which was nice. So maybe Melt takes the story and we find out, hey, it wasn't just about the gold. There was more involved. That's why the the, the British agent was actually there, and that was just a subterfuge red herring. That would be cool. I'd be fine mm-hmm. with that. But to be like, hey, this is the story. That's all she wrote. And then we we end gazing up into the snow. The journey was great, but the destination wasn't. Yeah. Well, and I think you can kind of tell that uh, Steve Lieber probably had a fair amount of a hand in the creation of this because I think for a first-time writer, I think visually the storytelling is pretty good, and sometimes you see some weaknesses in someone who's... First-time comic. Sorry, like yes. First-time comic. Yeah, so but, uh, someone writing comics for the first time that sometimes is an obvious gettable way of like, it's their first time. And I feel like that's not necessarily the case here. What I'm wondering if maybe on the end is that there was an overestimation of how much storytelling you could or could not do uh, visually towards the end. You know what I mean? If like, if it felt rushed to wrap it up because he thought that there could be more with, you know, images said and then it didn't work or I don't know. I don't, I I don't know if there's something in there as well. And it was, Densely word ballooned. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It was densely word ballooned. Yes, it did. It did make up for last month where we hardly read anything. So, um, what's interesting with it also is um, talk about a perfect subject to be in black and white. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it was first thing. Oni Press put this out. They're not always, you know, the biggest budget. He's been done other books like Stumptown. He's done with Oni Press as well. Rucka Mm -hmm. has. So it's not just that, but I mean, it was, um, but it is a small press of stuff coming out. But with it being black and white, I think it was a constraint that um, paid off dividends with artistic choices and going and with the subject matter. You're like, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it all. And it did stick the landing a little bit. The the ability to portray storytelling, not through just words, seems to be this is like a transition period for the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, I, I, I bet he would agree. So it was uh, looking at it is um, what's interesting though. He always does so well is you do get, even if you see where it's going, you're still vested. Yeah. And there is lots of times where I'm reading this story and I'm like, I just don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? As it's going through, I'm like, ah, this is interesting, but whatever. But a lot of stuff's telegraphed. It's in there. It's wordy. It's ends quickly, but it was a fun read. And I care. There was um, Jeff Lemire's book we did and then last month. You cared yeah. really quickly. Yeah. And it just hops on. So you've got a protagonist that's um, great that you're following along with and seeing where things go with them. I think the weakest spot of like Rogue One is it had a protagonist that I could care less about. See, I love Rogue One. We're going to argue about that till the day we die, because that's like my favorite Star Wars movie. Well, the but. thing of it is, everyone else is more interesting than the main character. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, yeah. I can't there was a... Everyone else is more interesting no. than the main character. I can't speak to it. I've never watched it, so... Um. But I've seen other things that are like that. I, was, I watched something recently, and I wish I could remember what it was, that... Everything that goes on in the thing is about everyone else around, and the person in the middle really is just sort of a conduit. Was it the man who wasn't there? Is a Cohen's brother movie that does that? Yeah, but he is a guy who's like just just there smoking. What else happens? Not a lot with him, and it's all around him. Yeah, it's a great black and white movie. It sounds like you're talking about Scott Pilgrim. (laughs) Scott Pilgrim is a little more. He's self-sabotaging a lot more. Like, that's the thing. is like Scott kind of gets... He, he exists to be a douche. 
Well, he's also like up in his own head and he takes himself too serious. Like the thing is, is that I'll be honest, we can sit there and say he's a douche looking back on it from a more adult perspective. But I think I was that douche at some point in time in my life. Lena probably dated me when I was that douche. So, you know, like as she nods her head, agreeing with me. So, yeah, um, I think we've all been that douche at some point in time. So, like, I still love Scott Pilgrim. Yes, he's a douche, but like he is very specific to a, a place in time. Oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not arguing the fact that I don't love yeah. it. I'm just saying it was yeah. one of those things where what was going on around him was almost more important than what he was doing. Right. Yeah. And this is not that. No, I think so. I, I mean, I think Ace, she's a very active character. The other thing that uh-huh. I think is really interesting and part of what makes it great to invest in her as a main character is very quickly, it's her against the world because, like, she's yeah. the only woman in a male-dominated area and not only that, like, they're essentially just locked in a room together. You know what I mean? Like, everyone is locked together and so, like, she's a tough cop. She's the only law and order in the town and she's with a bunch of assholes. Like, very quickly, you're rooting for her because... You know, you, and she has to earn it. She has to earn know? it. She works really hard to earn it, and she, but she's like kind of the only decent fucking person there to a certain extent. You know. Yeah. So the only thing, like, I I was interested in the the British agent, but I also understand why there wasn't more information for her. Like, I mm-hmm. wanted to know more about her, but like, she's a fucking spy, so you're not really supposed to know that much about her. You know, until the end, I felt like she gave up her information a little too quickly, and I would have liked for her to drop little hints as things went along. Um, and have more realization as it appeared up. But I also think this book could have been a much longer series with one, you know, murder, and we could have followed it a lot longer and had little breadcrumbs dropped all the way through. Um, you know, it, it may have just been too condensed for its own good. Potentially, I think it's also, I, I guess, I mean, this is 20 years ago. Yeah. 22 years ago now. That was when it was first coming out. Um, what I don't know is what was the market looking like at that time. Because you look at trades now. Trades today are not what they were 20 years ago. Yeah, of course. So the market was a very different place. Good and bad, I guess. The um, The story was good. The uh, The ending was a bit rough. And it makes you wonder if it ended or if it was rushed or he trying to figure things out. Yeah. And that comes back to it. But all the way up to that point, he had me. So, um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot there. It's much more than being ambivalent of, can I just finish this now? Yeah. Well, and it's also, I mean, I kind of like the fact that you can see, because Rekka, as Todd and I have discussed Uh quite a bit, is very good at writing strong, powerful women. And it's kind of nice to see that that's always been a trait that he can do. Um, Yeah. Like, in fact, I I don't know if I've read a Rekka book that doesn't have a female lead. He wrote Batman for a while. Okay, maybe I just haven't read his Batman stuff, but like all my favorite Rucka stuff is all fem- female led. So, you know, no, but that's we, true. He's most famous for his Wonder Woman, Gotham Central, Renee Montoya. Yeah, is entirely his. You've got Batwoman is his mm-hmm. creation. So, um, as you're going through that, I mean, for more recent stuff, the Old Guard, that smash yep. Netflix movie. He was also the screenwriter for that. Yeah, and uh, executive producer too, Lazarus. Lazarus is another strong female protagonist there. I mean, he really strives there. Even as, um, I haven't read it yet, but I've heard great things about it. He did a 12-issue Lois Lane run recently. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you had, um, it wasn't, yeah, it was a fraction. Did a 12-inch issues of Jimmy Olsen, and he did 12 issues of Lois Lane. I'm more interested in the Lois Lane, but yeah. Like, I like fraction, but like, Jimmy Olsen interests me for shit. Sure. We had kind of a, Pretty yep. strong consensus on this, actually. We read a book 
oh, it was Van- Vampironica. Something bad happened two weeks before or whatever, that whole like flashback bullshit mm-hmm. thing. Sure. The flashbacks that happen, unless they really show you something about the character, like, they're yeah. unnecessary. Yeah. I thought they did a really good job with the flashbacks in this because yeah. it didn't, it felt like, um, like a PTSD. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you got information and you, under, yeah. and you, and you got into the flashback, but it didn't feel like it was a total flashback. It felt like she was disoriented and that, and this is how she, she, you know, and, and the names that she was calling out and how she was talking about everything and how you saw yeah. everything. They, it, it, it was told really, really well. So you got the insight as to what happened. Yeah. But it didn't feel like all of a sudden you're in a flat, like she's just sitting in her bed and she's yeah. thinking back. And then no. you see all these yeah. panels. No, she has fucking like, hypothermia. Her brain is going and she's flashing back to exactly, it experience. Exactly, yeah, absolutely. Where it's like, there's, you know, her, her brain just, it's just, it's like this, again, it's this PTSD kind of mm-hmm. flashback for her. And, and it felt more real and more interesting to to read and look at than mm-hmm. some other versions of flashbacks that we've seen in the past. And plus, she kicks the guy's fucking ass, which is also kind of amazing. Like, I, I just, I love the fact that she snapped his neck. Like, I just think it's very interesting that you have a character like that who can kill somebody, and you're like, yep, yeah, nope, I got it. I'm down. This works. Well, and I also like the fact, like, as you were saying, that it was organic to the story. Yes, yeah. you were dying of hypothermia. Mm-hmm. You're going to hallucinate. And I, I had a lot of fun with the fact that, you know, she, she lost two fingers because of, of gangrene setting after frostbite. Yeah. And it was like, no big deal. She's like, yeah, I only got three fingers now. And, and she even joked, she's like, I'm totally flipping you off. You just can't see it. Yeah. So, but also like, I love the fact that there was some gravity to it too, because like, then she's trying to like button up her shirt and she can't fucking yeah. do it and she gets frustrated. But that leads to another flashback that leads into her character and makes things make sense too, you know? Yeah. So like, it, it, it just, it felt like the flashbacks that happened didn't feel like, oh, we have to explain it. It yeah. felt extremely organic, which was yeah. just, mm-hmm. it, and it didn't feel like, okay, really, this is what we're going to do or anything. It didn't feel like the sidetrack piece. Mm-hmm. It actually felt right. really good to the story. It, it felt, again, really organic to the story and to the characters and everything. So it, it I liked it. It was good. I, another thing the, that you've kind of made me think about that is I feel like where those come in the story I think as an audience member or a reader, you feel like you've earned that detail about her life. You've, you've mm-hmm. earned that insight. Like you've been with this character, you've rooted for her. And then, you know, as she's going through some shit, you flash back to something with her that makes it make all sense. And so like, you kind of earned that experience with her. But no, you I like agree, Brian. It felt like it wasn't just thrown at you. Mm-hmm. that You felt like you knew her um, in some kind of space that it wasn't, just some random information you're getting. Yeah. Um, I'm also really happy they didn't make her a lesbian. And she yes, I like that too, actually. Yeah. It, but like, I feel like the, the biggest issue I have with strong female characters is they always end up being a lesbian. And it's like, you know what? There are plenty of straight women <laughs> yeah. who are strong. Mm-hmm. I am one of them, but like yes. you, you also you a lesbian, to, like, so it works. I've never well. seen a stronger middle finger on a camera in my life. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're in a fight. So anyway, I love you. I wish you happy birthday. <laughs> you did. So the beef begins. My big issue with with a lot of these like sh- these strong female characters, especially when it comes, and it's not just a comic book thing, and it doesn't happen constantly. 
But I feel like every time you get a woman who's, you know, she's, she looks a little butch, she has a really strong personality, she's a cop, or she has some kind of strong, non-female generic, like, career, mm-hmm. and immediately they're like, well, yeah, she doesn't like men. She's, mm-hmm. She only likes women. And, and it's like, really? And the yeah. fact that she was married to a man who unfortunately died. Yeah. And you see that there's something like, I think the British agent, at least to me felt like there was something there. A little bit. Yeah. So who knows what the second half, what the second volume holds. I'll read it and I'll let this. you know. Cause I'm curious myself, but it did make me happy that it wasn't this like, Oh yeah. And, and she's like, Oh, cause even at the beginning when she, he was like, when I think I remember it was a doctor or whoever was like, did you hear about the new rumor? And she's like, what? Like, that I killed the guy or that I'm a dyke. And he's, yeah. like, and he's like, I mean, no, those are old. This is a new one. <laughs> I, was just like, I did like the fact that she was just so nonchalant about everything yeah. where she's just like, whatever. I just, you know, who cares? I know yeah. that all this shit's being said and, and it yeah. was just refreshing that they didn't end up making her a lesbian. It was yeah. very, it was, I did like that part of it. Well, and I also think characteristically, it makes sense for her not to say to everyone around her one way or the other, because like if she's the only woman there with a bunch of guys, if they all, if some of them think they're a lesbian, that's a few less people who are going to be bothering her. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? In that environment. So like if I was in her shoes, I'd kind of be like, guys are creeps. Yeah. Guys fucking suck. So, you okay. know, yes. this is why I don't know. Oh, and there goes Adam. Well, he likes the fact they suck. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, that great? The, the what is it that Christopher always says? Straight boys suck, and not in a good way. Yes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> there's a there's a great meme that goes around this time of year. This guy's like dressed up like a vampire, and he's by his boyfriend. He's like, "I want to suck your dick." <laughs> like, you don't have to say that. You can just do it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and you see him like go down like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, actually. Uh, to both points that, you know, Lena, I'll come back to you in a second because it's a longer point. But Brian, yeah, the whole thing about, you know, maybe people think she's a lesbian is fewer people to, to annoy her because she makes the comment that on a normal day, it's like 200 men to one woman. And then yeah. during the winter, when people leave, it's 400 to one. Yeah. So one less thing to, to bother them for. But yeah, yeah, you make a really good point, Lena, because it almost seems like when people think of lesbian, because when people think of a lesbian, they think of this big butch bull dyke, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when they think of a gay guy, they're thinking of like, Jack McFarlane from Will and Grace. So you've got this yeah. stereotype built into your head. And I, I obviously Rucka doing Batwoman because she's a lesbian. That's that's you know his own thing. And that was very well established. You know, she was a lesbian. It wasn't like she was Batwoman because she was a lesbian. She just happened to be Batwoman when she after you know being, hey, I'm a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but it was almost, integral to the character. Yeah. But I think it's yeah. almost like some some writers maybe do this as an easy way out of thinking that in order for a woman to be strong, she has to have manly characteristics when that's not the point, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to, um, Oh, there was a, there's a really good movie where, Oh, a wonder woman, perfect example. Cause she's a badass in mm-hmm. the movie. Like she can, she can do anything. She's at the power of a God. But then when she goes to England for the first time, she's like, Oh my God, it's a baby. Cause she'd never seen one. Yeah. And she just, that maternal instinct kicks in. So you don't have, it's not like it's, you know, mutually exclusive that you can be one or the other, but yeah. it's easy and lazy writing to be like, oh, well, for this bitch to be a badass, she has to like bitches kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right. kind of the mentality they put into a lot of these things because it's easier just to do that. Like, oh, well, why is she tough? Well, she's kind of like a dude, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, that's, I, that's a really good point, Lane. I'm glad you brought that up. 
Yeah. I was, I was very excited about it. <laughs> uh, you guys want to go into grades? Sure. Sure. <laughs> Lane is still laughing at me for my cat fucking biting me. See, pussy bite back. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh was that that laugh is penance for the uh, the the lesbian joke. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, Todd. What's your grade? I'm sorry. I'm still thinking of that anime movie you and I got oh, scarred God. with. Wicked City. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> right? Have you had the displeasure of seeing that one yet, Lena? No. I'm sure the no, first no. scene's on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> it's gotta be. <laughs> it's like this guy picks up this hooker, they start getting hot and heavy, all of a sudden, like, the vagina becomes, like, 12 times the size and grows teeth and starts, and then like, turns itself into a, a giant spider. spider. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, no, no, chopping no. away and chasing after him. Oh, no, no. Yeah, isn't that the one where like the like the main like the princess girl she pukes up like the giant dick monster? I don't know. I didn't I, make a I didn't make a past the first scene. I really she's like yeah she's like, really she's like throwing up yeah. and like because I, I remember watching it when I was younger and she's like throwing up and all of a sudden she's like and like this giant like dick thing comes out of her throat and like the throw up before that was like jizz so it's like this giant dick monster and yeah, yeah was, you know what this sounds like this sounds like John Waters made an anime is what this sounds like how far away is it though. With that being said, I'm giving the book a B. (laughs) (laughs) We have fun here. (laughs) Yes, we do. Uh, That movie was made in 1987. Uh, Yeah, that sounds like 80s anime. Yeah, it really does. Um, I think it got sent to me by, like, the the anime of the month club from, like, Columbia House that I never paid for. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of CDs from that. Anyway, uh, Adam, what is your grade? I'm going to go with the B plus because overall I really liked it. I, I enjoyed that it was black and white because it really gave a stark contrast to to the world they lived in as far as being in this cold hellscape. I just wish it would have stuck to landing. That's my only yeah. complaint. And honestly, mm-hmm. look, I get Wikipedia, the sequel, and apparently I think it's the, the British agent goes back because there's like a, a serial killer or a mass killing down there. So I don't uh-huh. think it, unless that plays into what happened before the the brief summary didn't sound like it. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah, and this actually was one of Ruck's first things he ever wrote. I did go look that up too. He had like a novel that came out at the same time, but you know, early writers—they're they're learning. So I can't, you know, I can't fault him for learning his craft. What a great first mm-hmm. thing! Oh yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, for a, a first book, it's a hell of a lot better than I could ever fucking do. Absolutely. So, I wrote uh, some really uh, shitty uh, X Men fanfic that's on a gay website. If you want to go read it, it's not good. Ooh. Okay, who gets it on? I want to know. Yeah, uh, it's, it's always rogue. No, it's the dude channeling um, channeling the Phoenix, because of course I have to do that because I'm a Phoenix fan, and his dead boyfriend, because he brings him back to life because he has the power of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Or it could all be in his mind. It could be the Phoenix tempting him. You, you don't know. never know. But yeah, it was supposed to be like a slash fiction, and I was like, there's sex coming, I promise. And there's like one little like two-paragraph sex scene, and that was it, because I was having too much fun writing about this. But people liked it. It wasn't good, but people liked it. I typed the whole thing <laughs> It wasn't out good. On, I typed the whole thing out on an iPod Touch, because that's all I had back then. I had a flip phone and an iPod Touch. That's dedication to your craft, sir. Yeah. I still get emails after people asking, like, when's the sequel coming out? I'm like, never. When is the sequel coming out? I don't know. When I get, I'm better writer now, so I'll maybe tell now. you what. No, I, I don't want to commit to that because I mm-hmm. would actually have to do it. I almost <laughs> said, if you write it, we'll make a radio play of it and I'll sound design it. But then I'm afraid of like what that actually would entail. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. Hey, I want to see in. Brian's bully of the sex scene. Oh, that's that. Yeah, that's easy. That's the easy part. 
I, can I pulled it. in Greek mythology and I use Yanis and all the other like Greek gods in it too. So I put some thought into this actually. I don't doubt it. I actually like knowing you as a writer, I'm actually fascinated. I don't know if I want to know what young Adam was thinking about, but I still think it would probably <laughs> be very well. I do know what young Adam was thinking about. Because old Adam's still thinking, thinking about exactly it. that's what I'm about to say. Okay. This was my, <laughs> but this was pre cum dumpster days. So Oh, that's right. It's Did you know, uh, you can buy uh, dumpster fire like toys. I I've been looking to try to buy one for you for Christmas. By the way, we well, can just paint it white. <laughs> so you know the great the the little dog in the fire that's in the fire. He's like, this yeah. is fine. Yeah, they made a uh-huh. pop, and I ordered it. Oh, of course they and did. And so the dog's at the table with a little bubble that says, "This is fine" with fire around him. I think Please I get tell it. Please me it has twenty 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 behind it. I don't remember. It was from Entertainment Earth, so I oh, think it was okay. just the. But I saw it and I was like, add to cart. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Lena. What is your grade? Uh, I'm also going to give it a B plus, uh, okay. specifically just because I was upset about the ending. But the rest of the book is great. Yeah, and I think that's a consensus. I'm also at a, a, a B plus. Um, also, I found uh, Wicked City with English subtitled on YouTube. So there you go. I'll send it to you later, Lena. Oh, good. <laughs> you won't watch it. I know you won't, but I'll send it to you anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, Next week, the last book we're doing. Oh, we're doing uh, the coldest city, which is yep. the basis of the book or of the movie Atomic Blonde. That's it. Thank you. Oh, I'm excited for this one because I love that movie. Yeah. So, uh, so that's what we're uh, that's what we're going to read next week, and then the week after that, we are then we're going to be in January, which we are doing books about like they're slice of life's books is what we're doing, um, and uh i know one in particular lena is very excited about because i'm the one who turned around to this book and it's an awesome book so i'm excited yes, to read on this in no particular order but this might be the order See? uh will be uh day tripper uh by fabio moon and gabriel ba uh giant days i don't remember the writer of that but that's an awesome one uh how to talk to girls at parties a new one that i don't know uh but uh is written by neil gaiman and it's also the basis of a movie uh, that is coming out or is out. I think it's out. I don't remember. No, 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 no. Um, and then we're doing adulthood is a myth, which Lena sent me a comic from today and said, I feel very seen. And the funny I thing do. is my girlfriend said almost the exact same thing to the exact same comic. So um, <laughs> we will, Actually, uh, my words were, I feel attacked. And I think that's exactly was, what she said too. It was totally yeah. Yeah. what I've done. Yeah, no, so. for sure. So I'm excited about all those. So those will be, those will be fun. Uh, and yeah. then following that, we have some good books coming out for Black History Month in February. So uh, we have that to look forward to. Um, and then we're planning on for female uh, for March, female antiheroes, which we don't have a, quite a list for that yet. But that's what's coming up in the next couple of months. So I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Fuck you, Sasquatch. And uh, we'll see you all later. <laughs> Bye! Bye! That was preemptive, Lena. It was just in case I needed to say it. I'll edit it out if it doesn't I know. Anything. You're still recording, man. I know. I'm just, I'm watching Lena die laughing right now. Just dying over there. Okay, I'm pressing stop now.